them from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. My friends, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. He will be back with you live tomorrow as his vacation will be coming to an end. Although I have a feeling from watching his Twitter account today, there's a part of him that wishes he was back on the radio tonight, having a lot to say about Iran, and that's exactly where we're going to start tonight. I, I, you're not in the twilight zone. I want to make that clear. What I'm about to read to you is something that happened all the way back in 2016. We are in 2018. And what I'm about to read is something that you need to understand about the entire context of what's going on with Iran. Now, everything that's happened in the last 24 hours with with Iran and the uprising that's been going on there now actually for several days, but America's response to it today. Also with Pakistan and us withholding funds from Pakistan because they're playing both sides of the coin. Sometimes they give us intel and information. Sometimes they help out the terrorists. That's reality. I'll have a little bit about that coming up. We'll also talk about Russia and North Korea uh, and this America First policy. And that includes DACA and the Dreamers. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But I want to go back to a headline. From Fortune magazine back in 2016, August the 5th, and it said, quote, On January the 17th, the same day, five American hostages were released from custody in Iran. A jetliner dispatched from the U.S. delivered $400 million in cash to Tehran's airport. Heightening the air, in the air, were Iranian guards that were there guarding the plane and unloading pallets after pallets loaded with U.S. dollars, no, no, Swiss francs instead, euros and other foreign currencies. The shipment was a secret until the Wall Street Journal broke the story on August the 2nd. Since then, Republicans from Donald Trump to Paul Ryan have assailed the White House for paying a gigantic ransom when government-paid ransom is barred under U.S. law. And for hiding the ploy from a public already highly skeptical of the U.S.-Iranian nuclear agreement, President Obama denied the payment to Tehran was ransom. Of course he did, which that would be a lie, let's be honest. You don't randomly get an airplane, fill it full of pallets of U.S. dollars, Swiss francs, euros, and other foreign currencies, and ship it on the same day that five American hostages were released from custody in Iran. That is paying ransom. I'm not dumb enough to believe that that's not ransom. I'm not incompetent enough to believe that that's not ransom. I'm not stupid enough to believe that randomly, even I don't even believe that Barack Obama was dumb enough to randomly put an American plane in the air to fly $400 million in cash to Tehran just, just at any point in his presidency. I don't think he's dumb enough to do that unless he was getting something in return, which clearly was the release of the five American hostages. Now, I also know that the President of the United States of America at the time, Barack Obama, when this article was written on August the 5th, 2016, was smart enough to want to keep this a secret. And this this shipment was, in fact, a secret until the Wall Street Journal broke the story on August the 2nd. Now, Obama denied that the payments to Tehran were ransom. The White House contended those payments, quote, simply settled a decades-long financial dispute and that the settlement was fully disclosed in January, 
Although at the time, officials made no mention that the $400 million arrived in Iran the same day as the hostages were being free. Of course, that's just, you know, coincidence, right? Yeah, okay, sure. So what was behind the financial dispute at the time between the U.S. and Iran? Well, this is how much you had to stretch to even sell this story. This story, it reads even better than the Benghazi story about spontaneous protests that were in the street that happened on the anniversary of 9-11. Then all of a sudden they just decided they were going to kill an ambassador by accident. Okay, because of a YouTube video. This story reads even better than that one. For the White House to somehow explain away this random airplane randomly loaded down with pallets of $400 million in payments that were going back to Iran for five hostages coming back, they have to start the story back in November of 1979. When Iran's revolutionary government took 52 American hostages at the U.S. Embassy, and the U.S. severed diplomatic relations with Tehran. In retaliation, Washington froze $12 billion in Iranian assets held on our shores. As you know, that hostage crisis was resolved in 1981 when Ronald Reagan became president. And the U.S. returned $3 billion to Iran with more funds going either to pay creditors or into escrow. Now, the two nations also established a tribunal we're now getting into the semantics of this deal, which I'll leave for another day. The moral of the story is this. We have had a policy with Iran that has been so weak that not only have they been able to be abusers of their own people with human rights violations, not only have they been able to keep American hostages and get ransom out of us, but they also were able to get a RAN nuclear deal, which allows them to get closer to a nuclear weapon the same way that Kim Jong-il and Ung have been able to do it because of the mismanagement of their regime at the hands for the last eight years of Barack Obama. Yes, it is fair to blame Barack Obama for where we sit today with what's going on in Iran. Now, you fast forward, okay? A lot of you have been on vacation. A lot of you probably did what I did a little bit. You tuned out of politics. You want to enjoy time with your family and your friends and your kids and grandkids. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you go, what's happening? Wait, there's a, there's, there's people marching in the streets in Iran? There's people in Iran that are standing up to the dictators and the, and the human rights abusers and the, ter- the sponsors of terrorism in Iran. Yes, that's exactly what's happening. And so then you fast forward to today and what was said on TV. Donald Trump is irresponsible for tweeting out and making this look like this is somehow America's trying to meddle in the middle of what's happening with a true freedom of expression and freedom of speech outcry in Iran. He's going to mess this up. That's what they've been saying all day long. All day long. Did they say anything close to that when the President of the United States of America at the time, Barack Obama, paid ransom to get five Americans that were held hostage out of Iran, having to sell us a story that this actually went to just somehow settle a bad debt from 1979? Did anybody criticize Barack Obama, when he signed a horrific nuclear deal with Iran that clearly Iran has continued to exploit to their advantage while getting their hands on billions of dollars because of all of the sanctions that we have, that we turn the other way or allow them to fall to the wayside so that they could have a more robust dictatorship in that country? 
You've got people in the streets in Iran who are dying in the streets to stand up for freedom. And many of the people in Iran know for a fact that they are going to die or there's a good chance they're going to die standing up for what they believe in. And yet our, and yet the Democrats here and the media here, they're not focused on that. What they are focused on is criticizing Donald Trump for tweeting that we stand beside the people of Iran who are standing up for their own voice and their freedom. You know, at the United Nations today, Nikki Haley said today, Iranians are crying out for freedom. Not only are they crying out for freedom, let's also be clear about what they're crying out for. They're also very much crying out for help from other countries like the United States for us to come in and to do whatever we can to help them out. And we should be standing up with them. We should be standing beside them. We should be trying to help them. What Nikki Haley said today at the United Nations was spot on. What she said, absolutely right. That the people are crying out for freedom. Listen to this. The Iranian dictatorship is trying to do what it always does, which is to say that the protests were designed by Iran's enemies. We all know that's complete nonsense. The demonstrations are completely spontaneous. They are virtually in every city in Iran. This is the precise picture of a long oppressed people rising up against their dictators. The international community has a role to play on this. The freedoms that are enshrined in the United Nations Charter are under, are under attack in Iran. Dozens have already been killed. Hundreds have been arrested. If the Iranian dictatorship's history is any guide, we can expect more outrageous abuses in the days to come. The UN must speak out. In the days ahead, we will be calling for an emergency session, both here in New York and at the Human Rights Council in Geneva. We must not be silent. The people of Iran are crying out for freedom. The people of Iran are crying out for freedom. And what is the media saying about this? They're saying the president's irresponsible for standing up for the people of Iran. Look, at the U.N. General Assembly, Donald Trump called the Iran nuclear deal an embarrassment. And that's exactly what he should have said at the time. <coughs> he called it, <coughs> excuse me, an embarrassment. I want you to remember, this was months ago, back in September, 19th of September. The president has been consistent about Iran. And yet the media today is not criticizing the leaders in Iran for killing innocent people in the streets, innocent protesters, clearly a human rights abuse, screaming out for the world to talk about it. No, instead today they're criticizing Donald Trump, saying don't antagonize Iranians' government by tweeting out or putting, inserting America in there. Let this be organic. organic. Let it be authentic in the streets of Iran. We shouldn't be getting involved. Are you kidding me? Let me be clear about this. What has happened this week is exactly what I was waiting for. Having a policy where America is first and the world knows where they stand with us. Whether it's Pakistan, whether it's Israel, whether it is Iran, whether it's Hamas or Hezbollah, 
whether it's the Russians, whether it's the Afghanistan leaders, whether it's the United Nations. Remember, we just withheld funds from the United Nations as well. And the point that the president is making and the point that Nikki Haley at the United Nations is making and the point the vice president was making even while he was in the Middle East over the holidays is that you're not going to get away with business as usual the way that you did it with the last president, Barack Obama. We're not going to allow you to take money from us in Pakistan if you're still helping out the terrorists. We're not going to sit here and act like Iran's nuclear deal is a good deal for America. We're not going to do it. We are not going to do it. And when it comes to standing up for the people of Iran, we are not going to sit by and we are not going to be silent. We're not going to act like it's not happening. We're not going to sit here and act like the, that, we, that the Iran people sitting there on the streets demanding freedom is something that we shouldn't seize the moment to support the people on the streets. And, 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 yet, and yet all of this that I just told you, the only part of the story that's been covered today by the mainstream media, the only part that's been covered by the mainstream media is that Donald Trump tweeted about Iran and supporting the people of Iran, and somehow that was antagonistic and wrong. I got a lot more to say about this, and I want to get your phone calls. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Was Donald Trump right to call out the dictators in Iran and say, "Leave these people alone. Listen to them. It's time for reform. It's time to give freedom to these people. It's time to allow them to have a voice in in your country." Isn't that exactly what we want the President of the United States of America to do? one 381 3811 You can also tweet at me, at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter and Facebook. I'll read your comments there. Ben Ferguson filling in. For Mark Levin, we'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. He will be back tomorrow, although I said earlier, based on uh, his Twitter feed earlier, I think he's kind of wishing he was here tonight as we're talking about a lot of different issues. Iran now blames enemies, and, of course, the government is slamming Donald Trump amid bloody protests. And what does Susan Rice say? You know Susan Rice. Remember that lady that used to work for Donald Trump? Yeah, that's Susan Rice. Susan Rice put out a nice little tweet saying, How can Trump help the Iran's protesters? Question mark. Be quiet. And then she tweeted an article from the New York Times that ran December the 30th. How can Trump help Iran's protesters? Be quiet is the title of the opinion piece. Quote, As anti-government rallies gather momentum across Iran, taking outside analysis and the Iranian government's Alike, by surprise, President Trump and his foreign policy advisors are likely asking what they can do to support the protesters. Mr. Trump, after all, has said Iran is responsible for nearly all of the problems of the Middle East and accused the country of spreading death, destruction, and chaos all around the globe. The president would no doubt love to announce that his tough approach has delivered results by undermining the repressive Iranian government, but that his predecessors more coincidentally his approach failed. 
I, too, want to see the government of Tehran weaken, moderate, or even remove. So let me offer Mr. Trump some unsolicited advice. Keep quiet and do nothing. I'm not going to bore you with the rest of this absurd New York Times op-ed opinion piece by Philip Gordon that was retweeted by Susan Rice, former ambassador. But this is the same woman that walked out there and lied about what happened in Benghazi. When she blamed the tape, when she knew what actually had happened, what even close to what she claimed that she said on national TV. She went on five Sunday morning talk shows, lied to the American people about it. She said it was an anti-Muslim video that sparked the 2012 terrorist attack in Benghazi, Libya, that left four Americans dead. Remember that? That's the woman telling Donald Trump to be quiet. Let me be clear. I think the majority of the people on the streets in Tehran right now are looking for any type of support and motivation they can get their hands on. And if they hear that the United States of America is behind them, is standing with them, isn't that a good thing? Why would you want the most powerful country in the world that's the biggest beacon of light for freedom in the world to, quote, shut up and say nothing to support the people in Iran? 1-877-381-3811. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Americans meet to defend liberty and defeat tyranny. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, talking, and he'll be back tomorrow, by the way. White House is standing by Trump slam of Deep State Justice Department. We'll have more on that coming up in just a little bit. But first, the White House is saying we stand by the people of Iran. And yet, everybody's saying that the president should have just shut it up about that, should have been kept quiet about it, not stood by the people of Iran. Susan Rice tweeted out, former ambassador, how can Trump help Iran's protesters? Be quiet. Why would I want the president of the United States of America to be quiet when you can clearly help inspire at the bare minimum? At the bare minimum. These protesters that caught virtually everybody by surprise. I mean, the government's been trying to censor them, been shutting down social media sites from working, shutting down apps from being able to work. I mean, they've literally shut down the Internet trying to get these protesters to just go home. That didn't work, so they literally started killing them in the streets. Then that didn't work. They still showed up, so they started arresting and beating people in the streets caught on camera. And these protesters are not going away. Now, why would the President of the United States of America just say nothing about this? Why would anyone think that that's a good idea? And this is a narcissistic media showing exactly what they are, showing exactly how they work. They hate this president. They can't stand that he has a voice. They can't stand that he's actually involved in any of these types of issues. And so what they will say time and time and time again what they will say time and time and time again very clearly is you need to shut up 
you need to be quiet. Did anybody ever say that about Barack Obama when he was doing anything, when he was chiming in about anything? Did, did that ever, did any of that ever come out? Did you ever see a media story, an op-ed piece telling Barack Obama to be quiet? I'll go to your phone calls on this. one 381 3811. You can also tweet at me at Ben Ferguson Show. Also on Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show. I'll take your comments there as well. Let's get to your phone calls. Uh, and I will go first to Steve. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Go ahead. Hi. Right, thanks for taking my call, Ben. Uh, I just wanted to say that every conversation that we're having today um, regarding Iran is just a distraction from us not talking about getting the wall built on the southern border. Um, I really don't care what's going on in Iraq. That's their pro- or excuse me, Iran. That's their problem. We need to focus on getting a wall built on the southern border. We need to focus on squashing amnesty. And quite frankly, this is just a a distraction, a shiny object to get us away from the number one focus that we should all be focused so, so, on. So, hold on, let me get this straight. You think that the Iranian government is facilitating, the Iranian government is facilitating a shiny object by telling their citizens to go out in the street, protest them, then there, some of them are going to die because of it, Also, that we can have a distraction? You're kidding, right? I'm saying that us talking about it is a distraction from our focus as Americans should be on the on building a wall. On our wait, wait, wait. You're, are you telling me that every other story besides building the wall is a shiny object distraction, or is that are you just a one issue person? Because I can respect that, but to to act as if the wall is the only thing that that we should be talking about, how how would that play out? We do it. We do a three hour radio show, and every single day we talk about the wall. You think that's that you think it's the only issue that people want to talk about? The wall is the the most important issue. When you so, so hold on, whoa, 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 time out, time out. So at what point does it? At what point would Iran, using your logic, matter to you? Is it when they get a nuclear weapon, or when they get that nuclear weapon and they point it at America, or when they get that nuclear weapon and they give it to somebody in a suitcase who's a terrorist? Well, I, will, I would say to this. Does it matter to you then? I mean, that's a serious question here. If Iran gets a nuclear weapon because you're obsessed with your wall instead of worrying about national security issues, and all of a sudden Iran gets nuclear weapons and they decide to miniaturize one of them, they have the capability to do it, and they hand it to one of these terrorists, which they're very close with, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Hezbollah, Hamas, they sponsor anybody that wants to kill Americans, and they give a dirty bomb to somebody, Are at that point are you going to then say, crap, maybe I shouldn't have been obsessed with only the issue of the wall? Well, I believe that more Americans have the chance of suffering the same fate as Kate Steinle. Statistically, it's... I'm not disputing... Hold on. I'm not saying that the wall is not an important issue. The wall is an important issue. But for you to call me tonight and tell me that Iran and dealing with Iran is a a distraction and a shiny object is 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 a scary take on the threat that Iran is to this country and to freedom... And it's a scary take that you don't understand that. No, you, Ben, you're not understanding the significance of us not having a southern wall secured. Stephen, I've been in favor of the wall before Donald Trump became a Republican. Let me well, let me ask you this, Ben. And this. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. You don't just because today 
I didn't start the show with exactly what you wanted me to talk about, which is the wall, and that's your thing. But but I'm not going to sit here and act like Stephen that somehow Iran is a, is is some trivial issue like hanging curtains and what what drapes my wife picked out. Today, to every single American right here in this country listening to this broadcast, a threat from our from the South. Is more they're more likely to be a, a victim of a crime committed by an illegal coming over than any possibility of anyone from the Islamic regime in Iran causing them harm, and that's a fact. And Stephen, uh, uh, Stephen, uh, would you say the same thing about 9/11? If they would have come, it, it, I mean, they didn't come across the border on 9/11, but they sure as hell had funding from the Middle East. They had funding from the Iranian government. I'm not just I'm not disputing 9/11. That is a, oh, okay. A so that's just the one little hold on. That's just the one little caveat, right? That's just the one little caveat. That, oh, that little 9/11 thing that happened. That little Osama bin Laden thing. That that little Al Qaeda thing. That little ISIS in, in Iraq thing that that was supported. That the little Hezbollah killing machine and Hamas killing machine and 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 all these. People that have been radicalized that were, I, I don't know, maybe the Boston bombing, Times Square bombing, uh, train bombings, European bombings, all the different things that happen in this country. You're telling me that none of that matters because the border is the only thing. Stephen, come on. I am, you can, I am you, saying it, it, Sometimes in life, and I'll leave it at this with you, you have to learn how to walk and chew gum at the same time. You can't just be a one-issue-only-matters one thing. That's what drives people away from politics. When you when you say that nothing else matters, when you literally say that nothing else matters, but one issue and nothing else should be on the radar screen of anybody else, it is a scary, scary idea for this country. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to Philip. Welcome. You're on the Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hello. You doing well? That was an uh, interesting call that you just had. <laughs> it scares me um, when people are like that, where they're just saying, "Oh, well, nothing else matters, and it must be this, and you must do that, and and this is you're, you're wasting, you know, you're you're taking some sort of bait here, like it's a distraction, and they're the only one that figured it out. Iran is not a distraction. Iran is something that we should be talking about. Yes, and I agree. I think Trump did the right thing by tweeting out, because I think uh, with the election of Trump, it didn't only wake up the American deplorables, but the world deplorables. It's happening all over the world. Philippines, India, Africa, Spain. You know, the powerful uh, speeches that he gave in the U.N. about the their nation's sovereignty. I mean, that Trump did not just wake up the American people. It's the world that is waking up to the corruption well, and, you know, and part of this is, you know, the reason why the media and Susan Rice and the New York Times writes this article, how can Trump, you know, help Iran's protesters, quote, be quiet, is th th there's two things here. One, if Donald Trump would have had a press conference yesterday or the day before, one of these members of the media would have asked him about Iran, and then they would have criticized him for then speaking out about Iran. But he goes around them. He tweets about it, doesn't have that press conference, and we all know what he thinks about Iran, and they can't handle it. They can't handle the fact that they're not in charge of the quote from the president that it comes direct, unfiltered, 
to the public, to the world, to the Iranian protesters, instead of it going through a New York Times reporter or an Associated Press reporter or, or the Washington Post reporter. They cannot handle the fact that they can't control the news cycle. They can't they handle can't, it. Yeah, yeah, they can't control Donald Trump, and that's the thing. Because he's going against the establishment. He could go, you know, as people would say, the New World Order or whatever you want to call them, the globalists. Well, you think Susan Rice would have tweeted out today, Donald Trump, be quiet, if a reporter, a liberal reporter from the New York Times would have been able to ask him about Iran or get a sit-down with NBC News? No, of course not. She did it because she saw an opportunity to rip on the President of the United States of America and to tell him to shut up because they don't treat him with any respect, with any dignity. And uh, that's because, uh, uh, eventually they're going. He's, he's destroying their power. Yeah, I agree with you there. Slowly and I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you. One eight hundred four. Or I should say one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. It's Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one who will be back tomorrow from vacation. And uh, I hope you are all staying very warm in this global warming that's going on right now across the country. It's incredible how hot it is out there. It's so easy. I haven't had to start a fire or, you know, wear a toboggan this week. Uh, no, you know, no, I haven't had to do any of that. It's just global warming out there. It's killing us, folks. You just don't realize it yet. It's absolutely killing us. I hope we all survive this great heat wave that we're having in 2018. Donald Trump uh been very clear and consistent about Iran, what he thinks about Iran. And now the media is obsessed with the fact that Donald Trump has been consistent about Iran. The people of Iran, many of them are taken to the streets. Some of them has cost them their lives trying to stand up for freedom. And they're not even necessarily trying to overthrow the government of Iran. This is not some sort of overthrow. They're just wanting more freedom. Um, this is started out as being very organic. So what does the government of Iran do? They start killing people. They start targeting people. They start beating people. They start arresting people. That's what they do. To silence people, to beat them into submission, to destroy their lives, to kill them. Again, that's what they do. Um, you have a president that sees this going on and says, we support and stand by the people of Iran. And then people respond with saying, well, you can't say that, Mr. President. Shut up. You're going to make this about you instead of about them. What does that even mean? Remember, this is a president where you know where you stand with him. Go back to when Donald Trump was at the United Nations months ago. He's been a frequent critic of Iran. And what he said months ago, literally months ago, was this. The Iran deal was one of the worst and most one-sided transactions the United States has ever entered into. There it is. Has ever entered into. Is he wrong? We gave them billions of dollars. We lifted sanctions on them. What did we get in response? Fake access 
to monitoring their nuclear program, which clearly, clearly they've been able to abuse. Clearly they have been able to abuse. one 381 3811. You want to know what this is called, by the way, whether it be this issue and coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk about Pakistan and what the president said about Pakistan. We'll throw in the United Nations in there. What, what, what this is, is this is the America first policy that the president talked about, which is why so many people voted for him. And, and I love how many people, uh, send me tweets tonight saying, Ben, you don't get it. Donald Trump's too divisive. Donald Trump is too hard uh, for people to oh, to see the real issue when he involves himself. He should shut up. I, I just got a, a message from somebody in New York who's listening named Pam, and she says, Ben, you need to keep your mouth shut just like Donald Trump. All he is doing is antagonizing, and it's costing people their lives in the streets of Iran. So you really think that if Donald Trump wouldn't have tweeted this morning that two and three days ago when people were getting killed, somehow they wouldn't have been killed because he tweeted this morning. It doesn't. The timeline doesn't even work for your argument. You're saying that people are dying in Iran because Donald Trump tweeted. People were dying in Iran before Donald Trump tweeted. Days ago, they were being killed in the streets. So explain to me their death sin. If you can't blame Donald Trump for his tweet being because he tweeted today about it, why did they die two days ago? Why did they die three days ago? Why did they die four days ago? I, I, I will. I cannot wait for your response. Michael, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hello. Hey Ben, how are you? We haven't waited a while. <laughs> I'm glad you. Hey, I'm glad you made it. Okay, listen. The um, the you know I'm pretty familiar with black operations and that flight that took place and the unmarked jet that you're talking about did not have any Federal Reserve notes on it. It was gold bullion and and Swiss francs, and that was to make sure that the money wasn't discovered or traceable when it went to terrorist organizations and to North Korea to buy a nuke. All right, and now, let, let me, let's clarify, because we're talking about back in January 17, 2016, the same right. day that five American hostages were released from custody in Iran. We had a jetliner dispatched from the U.S. delivered $400 million in cash uh, to, uh, to Tehran's airport. You had pallets being unloaded from this plane, now, you had Swiss francs, you had euros, you had other foreign currencies as well. It wasn't just gold. And there were reports that there were some U.S. dollars mixed in. Now, uh, officially no, they no, say... No U.S. dollars were in that, in that shipment. Okay, so no. let's, say that, let's say that I believe the report there was no U.S. dollars. There were still Swiss francs, euros, and foreign currencies, and all that money was gotten so, with $400 million in cash that, it, that was in America when it started. So you, 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 you change the funds up, the principle's still the same. $400 million in cash went to, to Tehran. Yes, Ben, there's a lot more to it than that. All right, do me a favor. Uh, do me a favor. I want to continue the conversation with you. Hold on, Michael. We'll, co we'll come back. Hour two, Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in, one 381 3811 We'll be right back.
If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add, but this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve, and subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Happy New Year, Hour 2. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Really nice to have you with us tonight, wherever you are around the country. Hope you had a great holiday season with your family and friends. And we got an awful lot of news to talk about tonight on the show. Uh, the president putting it very clearly out there uh, exactly what the America First policy is and what it looks like. What is clear is two different things. First off, it's very clear that the president is going to call out countries that are taking advantage of the United States of America. It's also very clear that the President of the United States of America is going to make sure that people that have been taking advantage of America are exposed. He's also making it very clear that he's going to support people that are standing up for their own rights and their own freedoms. The people of Iran, in the streets of Iran, the President is supporting. And what does the media say? What does the left say? What does the former Ambassador uh, Rice say about this? They say the president needs to keep quiet. That's right. Susan Rice, former ambassador, the same woman that wished she'd been quiet about Iran, or excuse me, about Benghazi, when she lied about what happened, when she blamed a tape, a YouTube video that she knew was a made-up story that never happened, went on five Sunday morning talk shows, lied deliberately to the American people, trying to save the presidency before a re-election that was about to happen a month later. This is the same woman that was debunked her claims that this anti-Muslim video sparked a random terrorist attack on the anniversary of 9-11 that killed an American ambassador. Tweets out earlier today, how can Trump help Iran's protesters, quote, be quiet? I never want the president of the United States of America to be quiet when people are standing up for their freedom. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I never, true leaders, speak out and support others when they're fighting for their freedoms around the world. Can you imagine if Ronald Reagan would have had this policy? Can you imagine if Ronald Reagan would have been quiet and not spoken for people that were being oppressed around the world, if he would have been quiet 
because of fear that something may happen to those that were trying to stand up to communism, for example? Think about that for a second. Seriously, think about that, just for a moment. This is the same guy who says, that, that Susan Rice and the same people that say, well, the president should be quiet. And, and, and talk about just how degrading, how demeaning, how pathetic that you have people out there that actually act like this. How pathetic that you have people out there that talk down to the President of the United States of America telling him basically shut up, be quiet, know your place when he's standing up for people that are being oppressed. And this should be in the wheelhouse of liberals. Aren't liberals the ones, the only ones in theory that stand up for women's rights? Do women have rights in Iran? No. Why would they not be applauding Donald Trump for standing up for women in Iran? It's it's for one reason, hypocrisy, and two, because they don't really care about what they claim they care about. They don't. They don't care about women's rights when it's inconvenient to them. They don't care about women's rights at all. If it doesn't fit their narrative of an election cycle. They don't care. You would think that they would care and be thrilled that you have. You would think this would be a moment where they would look at the president and go, well done, Mr. President. Thank you for standing up for women who are being abused and silenced and murdered in Iran, who are forced to live below the level of men. This is, this is like what feminists should be about. If there's any time that Hollywood and all the women of Hollywood, the Me Too movement should be standing up and applauding Donald Trump, it should be for the fact he's supporting these women in Iran so that they actually get some freedoms. But instead, Susan Rice, hardcore liberal, literally says the president needs to shut up, needs to be quiet. I want to get to your phone calls. 1-877-381-3811. You can also tweet at me, uh, at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter, Facebook as well. If you want to send me a message on Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show uh, on Facebook as well. Filling in for Mark Levin, who will be back tomorrow uh, as he's been on vacation. He'll be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime, let me get to your phone calls. Uh, the number... One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to Sam. Thanks for waiting. You're on the Mark Levin show. Go ahead. I am an Iranian American, as probably you can hear by my accent. I agree with some of the stuff you said and disagree with some of you mentioned recently on your show. However, my question to you is two thousand nine when the people Uprising, I assume you remember it. Yes. Barack Obama supported them and said we 100% stay inside of people who want democracy. Donald Trump said the same, so support it. So what is the difference so far between Donald Trump and Barack Obama? They just uh, expressed uh, their support. Great, great, great question. Great, hold on, let's, let's break that down. Let's break that down. Great question. Both men on paper 
said the same thing, right? They support. Exactly, but no the, the difference, right, the difference is this. Barack Obama said he supported the people that stood up in 09, but in reality was supporting the regime in Iran, was not holding them accountable, was not trying to put sanctions on them, was in fact trying to make them richer and more wealthy, and was trying to make it easier for the regime to operate by taking off the noose that was around their neck, loosening the rope to the point where it doesn't even exist. This was a guy that looked the other way when he knew that Iran was helping kill American soldiers in Iraq that were going after ISIS, and even before that, Al-Qaeda, going after extremists. We knew during his presidency, he knew that they were harboring and helping terrorists and aiding terrorists around the world, including those in Al-Qaeda and ISIS. So the difference is very clear. You had one president that said he supported the people that were standing up for their freedoms in Iran, but in reality... He was helping the regime strangle those people and choke them out, which he accomplished in 2009. The, the people of Iran were silenced in 2009, and, and by default, we helped the, the regime stay powerful. Now, what's the difference with Donald Trump? Uh, I'll remind you, Donald Trump has never been bashful about what he thinks about Iran. In fact, listen to what Donald Trump said in his own words months ago at the United Nations. The Iran deal was one of the worst and most one-sided transactions the United States has ever entered into. There's a big difference there. Yes, but I'm not talking about the Iran deal. That's totally a different issue. However, I even don't agree with some of your comments regarding the support of Iranian regime of ISIS. Even Donald Trump acknowledged that Iran is fighting ISIS at that time, not uh, helping ISIS. Look, so you, you could really argue, hold on, but you could argue at the same time, okay? Um, you could argue at the same time that Assad in Syria technically, right, was fighting technically yeah. was fighting against yeah. ISIS, it doesn't mean that Assad is a, is a friend of America. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. No, no. I never said that. Iran is not a friend of America. I never said that. But I'm saying, I ask your opinion, even, okay, is Donald Trump actually has any plan? Vice President Mike Pence, I'm not sure, uh, I'm pretty sure you uh, read about it, said, we will not just act like the previous administration and do nothing. You know, Mike Pence said that, right, regarding Iran. However, my question to you is, what is the proper action of Donald Trump, or what is your opinion, his, uh, the action he, he probably is going to take? Are you Look, let's be clear. I think all options are on the table. I go back to what the president said in his own words when he put Iran on notice at the United Nations back in September, early September. Listen, again, I'll play it for you so you can hear exactly what he had to say. This is Donald Trump of the United Nations back in September last year. He made it very clear what he thought about Iran. A murderous regime continue these destabilizing activities while building dangerous missiles, and we cannot abide by an agreement if it provides cover for the eventual construction of a nuclear program.
The Iran deal was one of the worst and most one-sided transactions the United States has ever entered into. Frankly, that deal is an embarrassment to the United States, and I don't think you've heard the last of it. Believe me. It is time for the entire world to join us in demanding that Iran's government end its pursuit of death and destruction. It is time for the regime to free all Americans and citizens of other nations that they have unjustly detained. And above all, Iran's government must stop supporting terrorists, begin serving its own people, and respect the sovereign rights of its neighbors. The entire world understands that the good people of Iran want change. And other than the vast military power of the United States, that Iran's people are what their leaders fear the most. This is what causes the regime to restrict Internet access, tear down satellite dishes. By the way, th did he not get it and nail it spot on there? He just explained exactly why the regime does the things that they were been doing to the protesters. This was months in advance. This was back in September. There was no protesters in September, October, November. It was the end of December, 1st of January, when the protesters came out. And the president just said there, this is why the regime has had to silence these people, has had to restrict their ability to communicate. Tear down satellite dishes, shoot unarmed student protesters, and imprison political reformers. This is what he said in September. This was not today. Don't tell me that Donald Trump doesn't understand exactly what's going on in Iran. Don't tell me Donald Trump doesn't understand exactly how this is playing out right now. He called it. He, he knows how evil this country is. He knows this country should never have been trusted with a one-sided Iranian deal, nuclear deal. He knows that we should have never sent hundreds of millions of dollars back and freed up billions of dollars that were frozen in this country and that we should have never taken off these sanctions on Iran. Yet the last president did it, and where did that get us? It got us nowhere but closer to a nuclear weapon and a more powerful Iran that has more money than they ever would have had if we would have stuck to our guns as a nation. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin, who will be back from holiday tomorrow. Nice to be with you tonight, and I hope you had a great uh, Christmas with your family, friends, and New Year's. Uh, and, and again, it's I'm terrified of this New Year, uh, clearly global warming going on all over the country right now. Many of you are just burning up right now. I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting here in, you know, sweatpants. I'm not, I'm not sitting here with a, a nice warm pullover on and, you know, I'm not, I'm not terrified of walking outside freezing to death right now. No, no, it's so hot out there. Al Gore, you're an idiot. Just want to be on record as saying that. Somebody the other day walked up to me and they're like, why do Republicans not care about the environment? I do care about the environment. I care about it a lot. I'm just not stupid enough to believe in this global warming crap the way that they're selling it. 
tr telling me that I'm an idiot if I don't believe that we're all dying from global warming. Look at what's going on right now all over this country. Forget just this country. Look at the temperatures around the world right now. So don't 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 lecture me about the world is catching on fire. Okay, when it's like seven degrees average temperature right now for most people in the country. I'll leave it at that. Let me get straight back to your phone calls. T chatting right now about Middle East uh, and Iran. Also, Pakistan. I do want to bring this up in the conversation as well. The President of the United States of America uh, made it clear through the United Nations uh, and also through the White House today that, yeah, that funding for Pakistan, that's not going to happen either because they're harboring terrorists, so we're just not going to do it. Um, we're not going to give them money. If they're helping terrorists out, we're not going to play this game. Uh, this is not how this is going to go down. We're not going to be taken advantage of by Pakistan. And people are mad at him for that. The, you know, of course, Pakistan, they fight back hard. And they say, you know, we've been doing so much and ton, you have no idea how many innocent people have died. There, yes, there have been a lot of people that have died in Pakistan. I will give you that. I, I will absolutely give you that. There are a lot of people that have that, that have died trying to kill terrorists in Pakistan. But you also have allowed for terrorists to live there with a kind of kumbaya situation. In a sign of escalating tensions between the United States and Pakistan, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Nikki Haley officially accused Pakistan of playing a, quote, double game for years and confirm the administration will withhold $255 million in aid to the country. Donald Trump tweeted out, quote, The United States has foolishly given Pakistan more than $33 billion in aid over the last 15 years. And they've given us nothing but lies and deceit, thinking of our leaders as fools. They give safe haven to the terrorists we hunt in Afghanistan with little help, no more. They work with us at times, Nikki Haley said, and they also harbor the terrorists that attack our troops in Afghanistan. The game is not acceptable to this administration. There's a new sheriff in town, and it's called America First Policy. I absolutely love it. Much more on that coming up on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back. Hate him or really, really hate him. The great one is on the air at 877-381-3811. America first. Doesn't it have a nice ring to it, especially when it's more than just a slogan? It's becoming reality. Welcome, Ben Ferguson, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, who will be back tomorrow. Uh, we're, we're talking about this idea that has now become real. This idea that America should have a America first policy, that we shouldn't be putting Pakistan first. We shouldn't be putting Afghanistan first. We shouldn't be putting Russia first. We shouldn't be putting North Korea first. We should be putting America and American interests first. We shouldn't be putting illegal immigrants first. This is part of the American first policy becoming reality. 
We've announced, the White House has announced that America is going to withheld, withhold $255 million in aid to Pakistan. Now, of course, the media says this is, quote, a sign of escalating tensions between the United States and Pakistan. That's just not true. This is just a reset of how we allowed a relationship to become very one-sided for the last eight years under the last president. That's what this is. This isn't escalation as they're trying to turn it into some massive, oh, my gosh, everything's escalating out of control now because of this president. That's not what this is. This is just saying this is not we're not going to do business as usual. We're not going to sit here and allow you to play both sides of the coin on terrorism. That's what the White House said. For far too long, Pakistan has been playing both sides. Pakistan has been taking American aid and helping us sometimes with terrorists, while also harboring and protecting some of the terrorists that they get a good deal from as well. Quote, they work with us at times, and they also harbor the terrorists that attack our troops in Afghanistan. That's what the U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley said in a news conference today, saying, quote, that game is not acceptable to this administration. Is that escalating tensions? No, that's just being honest about the situation and explaining that the old way of doing business, where America was not put first, is no longer going to be allowed. That's it. The old way of doing business is no longer going to be acceptable. The old way of doing business, where you got the best of us time after time after time, we were no longer going to allow that to happen. We're not going to send you a bunch of money and allow you to abuse us. We're just not going to do it. Now, there are people that have said, Ben, this is antagonizing and that it shouldn't happen because you're antagonizing Pakistan. Pakistan has been harboring terrorists that have been killing Americans while we've been giving them money. As a taxpayer, I don't like that deal. And that's what the president was saying. This is a bad deal. You've been getting a good deal from your perspective for years. This is a bad deal for us, and so now we are going to change the deal. You want American money. You want $200 million, $300 million a year. We're willing to talk. We're willing to have that conversation. We're willing to give you aid if you need the aid. But let's also be clear, we are not going to give it to you without you putting America first. And there are people that are mad about this. Donald Trump accused Pakistan of lying and deceiving the U.S. despite receiving billions in foreign aid. He's right to do that. The Pakistan government said earlier today that recent comments from U.S. leaders were completely incomprehensible and could damage the trust between the countries. How do you have trust with a country that when you're sharing intelligence with them, they might give it to the bad guys or they might help you out? You just don't know. Pakistan gives us intelligence many times The intelligence is about terrorists that they're tired of dealing with in their country or that they don't like anymore or that they don't want to deal with anymore. That's reality. That's what that's just the reality of the situation. They many times or in a situation where Pakistan says, oh, we like that terrorist group or we like those terrorists. So we're not going to we're just going to look the other way. 
oh, we're tired with these terrorists or this terrorist group. Okay, well, instead, we'll tell America and we'll help get rid of them. America will use their bombs and then we look good. This is a bad, has become a bad relationship. And everybody should understand that. Everybody should get that. Everybody should comprehend that. And all the president said was, we're putting America first. We're not going to send you money that's going to terrorists because you are supporting terrorists and we know it. If that escalates tensions, so be it. But I think we have the upper hand on Pakistan. Let me get to your phone calls. one 381 You can also tweet at me. Uh, you can follow me at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter and Facebook. Ben Ferguson Show is where well, and I read those comments. Uh, let me go to Keith. Thanks for waiting, Keith. You're on the you're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Go ahead. Thank you, Mr. Ferguson. I think really appreciate you taking my call. I think if we're going to make America first, we should specifically deal with America because all these situations, Mr. Ferguson, that you're talking about with North Korea, with Iran, and me and my associates are invested in Iran um, heavily for the last past 10 years. Um, the U.S. has created all these circumstances, even with Bill Clinton funding the Iranian situation, I mean the North Korea situation, um, the whole situation. This is stuff that I'm glad Trump is in because he is cleaning up stuff. But we can't throw stones out of a glass house. We created all these situations. And it's, it's hold, on, hold on one second. Wait, 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 let's be clear. I'm not saying that American foreign policy has been perfect. I think it's okay. been flawed, okay. right? Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you on that point. I think okay. that we, we, for far too many times, uh, have, ba- I mean, just look at the Iran hostage crisis. Look at what we did with, you know, Mubarak in Egypt. There's a lot of different examples that I can point to. It doesn't mean that you don't change and move in a different direction when you realize that you've made mistakes and some of your mistakes, some of it was very, very, very flawed. I mean, it would be, it would be stupid for us to not correct course when we realize clearly that we need to correct the course. And that's what the president is saying here is he's saying, look, we need to correct this course. We don't need to stay going the way that we're going right now. Uh, it's very clear that this is a bad relationship where they're taking advantage of us. And Pakistan, after 9-11, y- you probably understand this, and even Iran understood this. Iran Correct. did not want to be next. Can we, you and I both agree on that? After yeah, seeing yeah. what happened in Afghanistan and seeing what happened uh, in Iraq, Iran really kind of quieted down a little bit. Then when they could help with the roadside bombs and help the terrorists with those roadside bombs and, and to try to turn it into, quote, a, a quagmire, okay, they were involved. But they were always a, a degree of separation. Then when they realized that they could really take advantage of us with Barack Obama's leadership, that's when it was game on for them. That's when it was really game on for them. Yeah, but Mr. Ferguson would allow um, Valerie Jarrett, she's born in Shiraz, Iran, as the White House chief, whatever, top Obama's person. So listen, I knew, me and my associates knew, way back in 2011, that this deal was going to be done. And we had even Israeli intelligence already told us that said and confirmed Okay, okay, hold on one second. So, so wait, with all due respect, I really don't care. 
and I hope you understand what I mean by this. I really don't care about your business interests when I'm talking about a country that's sponsoring terrorism. You understand? All right, I think we lost you there, Keith. I, I, we'll try to get you back. one 381 3811 Let me go to Greg. Thanks for waiting. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Go ahead. Hi, Ben. Totally agree with you, Ben. Uh, you know, we just got done with eight of the worst years this country probably has seen uh, possibly ever. Um, Barack Obama was anything but uh, a leader in the fashion uh, of what a president's number one responsibility is when he's when he takes oath of office, and that's to protect this country. Obama was the biggest and greatest friend that our enemies have ever had. He allowed them to set up um, basically a war horse. <laughs> or a war chest, I should say, um, to have to uh, take us on in so many different ways. And it wasn't until this current president got in there and is trying to reverse course on virtually everything Obama did. I mean, when you think about it, here's Obama. He's a friend of the terrorists in, in a roundabout way. He aids and abeds them. He's he's he he always looks down his nose at our law enforcement officers, whether it's city, county, state, federal in this country. He always looked down his nose at our military. He he releases terrorists, the worst terrorists, out of Gitmo. You know he 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 loves the sanctuary cities, let all these illegal aliens in here, uh, and, and have a safe harbor. Um, it's like he's totally backwards. I mean, he's all for the bad guys, and he wasn't for the good guys. And finally we get a president that is what a president is supposed to be and looking out for who he's supposed to be looking out for, and that's the American people. Well, you got to look out for America first. We right. need to always look at things from an America first policy. Um, and, and that's something that's been missing for a long time. And he's, you know, I don't think this is rocking the boat. This is just being smart. Absolutely. It's, it, all, all this is is saying we're not going to do business. We're not going to give. And this, this is something that, I, again, women are oppressed in Pakistan. Women are oppressed in Iran. Where are the feminists? Who, who are obsessed with women's rights, how in the hell are they not standing there supporting this president and saying, Amen, Mr. President, thank you for standing up for the women and the human rights abuses in Pakistan and the women and the human rights abuses that are going on in Iran. How On these two issues today, you would think that the most extreme liberal women in this country would come out and say, thank you, Mr. President, yet they will not do it. Well, since when do liberals, knowing how liberals think and operate, since when do they ever use truth, fact, and reality? They, they, I can't figure them out either. It's just that they're so, you know, they don't make sense. They're, they're totally, um, everything's backwards in their world. And, uh, it's just it's just frustrating as all get out, you know. Yeah. It's, it's I, I, you bring up a great point. American. 
Greg, you bring up a great point. Thank you, sir. Until Washington State, I said hello. Uh, one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Happy New Year, Ben Ferguson, filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, who is returning from vacation tomorrow. It's an honor and always a pleasure to fill in for Mark and uh, America First. It's I'm, I am one of those that's very jaded. Uh, I am one of those that hates slogans. Uh, I'm one of those that despises. I mean, absolutely despises. Hates with a passion, politicians rolling out some new kumbaya idea. I hate it. Uh, and then telling me how great it's going to be, and then they throw some sort of stupid, you know, uh, slogan on there that I'm supposed to be all excited about, all pumped up about. Can't stand it. So when the president came out and the White House came out with this new America First slogan, I'm jaded. I, I, I mean, I am. I'm jaded. My initial reaction was, okay, we'll see. And, and look, I, I, I like Donald Trump. Uh, I like this White House. But slogans, anytime you make it sound good, usually it doesn't happen, right? Um, I want the wall built. I also know that Mexico's not going to pay for that wall. Uh, I love the idea, but it's not a reality. I want the wall. I, I'll take part of the wall at this point. You get my point why I'm jaded. Uh, we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. I love the idea. The reality is we still hadn't done it yet. So you can, again, understand why I'm jaded. But this America first policy, and it really is a America first foreign policy, is one that I can really get behind. It's one that really makes sense to me. Saying to Pakistan... You've been getting away with it for too long. We're not going to allow you to get away with it any longer. Is exactly what we should have been having going on for, for years. Pakistan, we're going to give you millions of dollars in aid, right? We're going to do it. We're going to give you millions of dollars in aid. We are not going to allow you to also play both sides of the issue. We are not going to allow you to play both sides of the issue and also harbor terrorists. We're not going to allow you to take our money from us and our taxpayers while you're also giving money and aid to terrorists who are helping kill Americans. We're not going to do it. That's something we refuse to do. That's something that we say enough. That's something we say no. Now, we came out today as a nation with a new foreign policy, not only with Iran supporting the protesters in Iran and saying we stand with you and making it very clear to Iran, but also to the world that we are going to support, help, and aid individuals that are standing up for their freedom against dictators and tyrants, just like what we see in Tehran. 
We also said today, if you are an ally of the United States of America, you sure as hell better act like it. If you are an ally of the United States of America, you sure as hell better treat us like an ally and not support terrorists. Pakistan. If you're North Korea, we're not going to allow you to get a nuclear weapon because we're not playing that game. That's what we said today. We put America first. And I don't know how anyone could not be in favor or support this idea. Let me get to your phone calls. one 381 3811 We'll get all your reaction to this coming up. You can also tweet at me, Ben Ferguson Show, Twitter, Facebook. I'll read your messages during the break. There's some doozies out there. There's some haters out there tonight. It's a new year. I, I thought liberals were like their new year resolution was to be kind and nice and not drop the F-bomb at people. What happened, liberals? Why are you being so mean tonight? Hour three. We'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, Hour 3, Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. He will be back tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, depending on where you are around the country from vacation. In the meantime, I'll be holding down the fort with you tonight. Donald Trump appears to call for ex-Clinton aide Uma Abedin to go to jail. All right. Of course, how dare the president tweet this out. You know, this whole, I brought up this Uma thing the other night and got screamed at when I brought it up. Uh, I, I brought it up and it was, I was told that it was old news and that it was, I should basically just know my place and I should shut up. That this is irrelevant, that this is old news. Uh, let me just let you hear how this went down. This is what happened when I said the same exact thing that, you know, and, and people were talking about, you know, Bakari Sellers, who worked for Clinton campaign, was was on CNN with me and was saying, you know, Donald Trump's the shadiest man alive, and look at all these people around him that have been indicted. And by the way, the people around 
Donald Trump that have been indicted should have been indicted. You lie to the feds like Papadopoulos, you deserve to be indicted. You cheat on your uh, and you're corrupt and you take money from foreign countries without disclosing it. You money launder like Paul Manafort, you deserve to be indicted. Uh, you're a business partner with Paul Manafort and you, you do things shady with your taxes and, and you take bribes and, and you do all these other things. You should be indicted. If you're Flynn and you lie to the FBI, you should be indicted. I'm not defending any of those people. They deserve to be indicted. I also believe that Uma Abedin deserves to be indicted, and I think that if she was a Republican, she would have already been indicted and probably be in jail. Now, I want you to hear how this went down when they're obsessing over how great Barack Obama was in the past with nobody in his administration being indicted, which is true. Nobody in his administration had been indicted. That is a factually accurate uh, depiction. It doesn't mean that there are people that shouldn't have been indicted. It doesn't mean that clearly there was a different set of rules for people in the Clinton administration compared to those that are conservative that are around Donald Trump. It is very obvious to me that Uma Abedin should have been indicted. Why? Because she had top-secret information on her computer, and she forwarded classified information to her husband on his laptop while he was looking at child pornography or whatever else he was looking at that he's in jail for right now. You may have heard of the guy, Anthony Weiner. If any Republican would have done that, they would have been indicted, is my point. If any Republican would have forwarded classified information to their computer on, on, a, on a server in their house or their laptop in their house and save that classified information, they would have been indicted. It just would have happened. It wouldn't even be up for debate. It would have happened. They would have been indicted. So when the president comes out and says that Uma Abedin should have been indicted, that's not crazy. That's not, you know, look at look at this issue over here so you don't look at, you know, the Russia investigation. And let me also remind people, there has not been one Democrat on Capitol Hill that's been able to say that they've seen anything that looks like collusion. I am now at the point where I am glad that the Democrats have gone all in on this Russia thing. Let me explain why. I think it's actually going to work to our advantage in the midterms. When you scream every day that the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, they're collusion, collusion, collusion for an entire year, and no one gets indicted for collusion. And then you keep throwing out there what's going to happen, and then you keep throwing out conspiracy theories about the collusion, and it's, you know, it's a matter of time, and we all know the president clearly was colluding. We all know that the campaign was clearly colluding. We all know that Donald Trump won this election because Russia wanted him to win. And then there's no proof of that. And there's no one that's been indicted for collusion. All the people that have been indicted have been indicted for things they should have been indicted for. Paul Manafort was a shady businessman. He should never have the job that he had with the Trump campaign, in my opinion. Uh, I, I was on TV saying that Paul Manafort is a shady man when he was announced. I was at the convention saying Paul Manafort should not be running this campaign. Paul Manafort deserves to be indicted. It's not a political winch hunt either. 
if you look at what he was indicted for, and more than likely he's going to go to jail for this. He deserved to go to jail and deserved to be indicted for what, what for, for everything that was involved here. He is a shady businessman who did some very shady and corrupt things. Now, Papadopoulos lied to the feds. You deserve to get indicted for that. You deserve to be charged with a crime for that. His associate lied. You deserve to get indicted for that. Flynn, you deserve to get indicted for that. But none of the people that I just mentioned got indicted. Let's be clear for anything that dealt with anything remotely close to Russia and collusion. They got indicted for being idiots. They got indicted for being incompetent. They got indicted for being stupid. They got indicted for being narcissistic. They got indicted because they acted like they could somehow lie to the federal government, which you just can't do and get away with it. That's what happened here. There has still not been anything that reminisces or looks like collusion. So let's go back to Uma. Does Uma Abedin deserve to be in the conversation? Yes. Yes, she does. Does Uma Abedin deserve to have scrutiny for getting away with something that nobody else would have gotten away with unless she was the right-hand woman of Hillary Clinton and clearly they got special treatment? This is the same people that would have had to indict her that met on the tarmac with Bill Clinton to find out what was going on with the investigation into Hillary Clinton and her emails. Don't tell me that there's not corruption there. You want to talk about collusion, the federal government colluded with Hillary Clinton to do everything they could to make sure that she won the election and that she became the president of the United States of America, not the other way around. There's your collusion. So the president brings up today this issue of collusion with Uma Ab or, or, or this issue of Uma Abedin and the corruption involved, and then people lose their minds saying, how dare he bring this up? How dare he bring up Uma? All right, here's what happened when I brought it up last Thursday. You're going to love this. We know why it happened. Yeah. It happened because they thought that they could get information from the Russians. I've got to get, what... get Ben in. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, look, and I want to say this because I think that this is, you know, what, what Bakari just said there, I think sums up the election a year ago perfectly. There are a lot of people that feel like that there was special treatment that was given to people that worked for Barack Obama on things that they did that they would have been indicted for if they were Republicans. For example, when you clearly have top secret information on a laptop that you, serve, you have on a server in the basement of your house, and then you send those top secret classified documents to people that aren't even cleared to see them, and then you forward them to your husband, who, by the way, is in jail by the name of Anthony Weiner. If that was ben, a Republican, what does that have to do with what we're talking they would have been indicted. Uh, let me ben, what are you talking about? The FBI you already investigated that. Time. There have been a million hearings on it. Time. It's water under the bridge. But why? No, 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 no. No, 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 we'll be right back. We'll be right back. And that, my friends, is how you shut it down. No, 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 no. Let's go to commercial break. We'll be right back is how they handle it. And the president brings it up today. It should be brought up. This is not old news when someone gets away with breaking the law. 
It's not old news. It's not done with, in my opinion, when the people that were policing Uma Abedin clearly were in favor of Uma Abedin and Hillary Clinton being in the White House. This is not over for me as a citizen. I don't want revenge on Uma Abedin. Let me make that clear. I don't want anyone to be indicted for political reasons. I want them to be indicted because they broke the law. That includes Flynn. That includes Papadopoulos. That includes Paul Manafort. If you break the law, you deserve to be held accountable for it, regardless of if you're a Republican or a Democrat. And my point was, before I was cut off, the way that you clearly heard right there, is that Uma Abedin obviously did not get the scrutiny that she deserved. And this, and I said, and you want to know why Donald Trump won? Because people saw the corruption. They could see it. They could smell it. They witnessed it. And that's why Hillary Clinton won. one 381 3811. I'll get your reaction to that coming up next. Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. He will be returning tomorrow night. Really nice to have you with us. And I want to get straight back um, to your reaction. The president today saying that Uma Abedin should have been indicted or should be indicted for what she did, mishandling of classified information. Others are trying to say this is old news or fake news or not real news and that the president needs to give it up and focus on other things. I want to get to your phone calls on this and see what you think. The number, 1-877-381-3811. You can also tweet at me, at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter. Tweet at me and follow me, at Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter. Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show as well, and I will read your comments, I promise. Let me get straight to your phone calls. Uh, let me go to, um, let me go to, Attila, I think I got that right. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show with Ben Ferguson tonight. Go ahead. Hi. Hi, Ben. Happy New Year from the Packer country. Nice to talk to you, sir. Happy New Year to you as well. Give me your take. Yes, sir. Um, The the difference I see in in the Flynn and Huma Abedin deal is that uh, Flynn's is a result of a process crime. This is a whole bogus investigation. There is no collusion. There is none. They're not going to find any because it never happened, or else they would have brought it forward, as hell-bent as they are to to get rid of our president. So uh, his crime would have never happened, uh, but for the result of, of this bogus investigation. Her, on the other hand, is a complete con- show of contempt and arrogance for our laws. And that's my number one issue. I call every other day to congressmen and senators to go after Hillary Clinton, Susan Rice, uh, Loretta Lynch, all these, all these people. Hey, they need to pay the piper. And uh, since they're trying to undo our election, uh, speaking of Peter Strzok and the oars, um, it, that there's nothing worse than that. If we can't have a fair election, without FBI people trying to overturn the results, then we're going to be a Cuba or Iran. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm one of those. I, I tend to agree with you on this. Um, that just because someone wants it to be a non-issue, there was preferential treatment obviously given to Uma. There was preferential treatment given to uh, Loretta Lynch even, and that tarmac meeting that should have never happened. There, I still think that the Clinton administration, or excuse me, I say Hillary Clinton, how is she not investigated for her obvious involvement in pushing funds to, you know, the Clinton Foundation? How, how in the world is that not a massive abuse of power? A Republican, in my opinion, would have been at the bare minimum investigated, full-on investigation to the Clinton, you know, if, if it was the Trump um, foundation, like the Clinton Foundation, and hundreds of millions of dollars are coming in from foreign countries while a family member's secretary of state, don't tell me the feds wouldn't be investigating that. Don't tell me the FBI wouldn't be all over that. Absolutely, exactly. That, and, and we need to ask, what is Jeff Sessions going to do about all this? Is he going to... Uh, is he going to recuse himself from being an attorney general? Or is he going to start doing the job that that he left the Alabama seat open for that we lost? Yeah, great point, and I appreciate the phone call. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. Good to talk to you. Let me go to um, let me go to Leo. Thanks for waiting. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Go ahead. Hey, Ben. I'm glad you kind of switched topics. I was waiting to talk about Iran, but this is even better because. It's near and dear as a retiree and also working in the intel community now. You see this reoccurring. They go after the career people that have dedicated their lives to the, to the sovereignty and security of our, our nation and our country. Look at Petraeus. He screwed up. He paid the price. Now they're going after Flynn. You get these Washingtonites that come in. They've never handled classified information in their lives. They're given a uh, free gratis to all of our nation's secrets, and they go out to the clubs at night, you know, and have their little cocktail, and it's like, hey, let me show you what I learned today, and this and that. And they don't have, they don't get the ramifications that our senior citizen um, seasoned troops in that are going through and pay the price, and she needs to fry she needs to fry like Joan of Arc. I mean, torture. Well, let me say this. I, 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 I do not, I always, and I think this is a really important point. If you've ever been involved in a, or, or wrongly accused uh, of something, it happened to me a couple years ago where some conservatives, myself, uh, Ben Shapiro, who was filling in a couple weeks, a couple nights ago, uh, we were all named in a lawsuit. Um, with the, uh, the clock boy incident, Muhammad, uh, you know, his dad sued a bunch of us. Uh, it's, it's, I never want someone to be accused of something or attacked because of political reasons, right? You get my point? I don't want Uma Abedin or anybody else indicted because of a political witch hunt where I'm a Republican, I want a Democrat to go down. I want them to be investigated because I truly believe they broke the law. There's a big difference. And I don't want it to be, It's this is not about revenge. Because I don't think anyone, Leo, should be indicted for, you know, political silencing of somebody. one 381 3811 
Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Welcome back. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, who will be back with you tomorrow. Really nice to have you with us tonight. We're talking about the president uh, making it clear. He thinks that there was some shady business going on with Uma Abedin, the way that she was not investigated, was not really uh, indicted, that they, she was clearly covered for um, by those that supported Hillary Clinton. It's obvious that there was many in the government that wanted Hillary Clinton to be the president of the United States of America. You, you cannot tell me that it wasn't abundantly clear. I mean, uh, just abundantly clear that she was catered to by those that should have been investigating her and Uma Abedin and her emails and the server. I mean, these were on her husband's computer, and they threw it away as, oh, well, it was kind of an accident. You don't get oopses with classified information. And there is a double standard. If a Republican did this, they would be indicted. And Democrats have been going out there saying, well, no one ever got indicted in the, in the Obama administration. It's Donald Trump's people they are getting indicted. I'll say it, I've said it again. I, everybody that's been indicted so far deserved to be indicted. And none of it had to do with collusion. And none of it had to do with the Russian investigation. Every bit of it had to do with their own private dealings or just flat out lying to the federal government when you don't lie to the feds. It's a very simple, very simple thing. You don't lie to the feds. If the federal government comes to you and starts asking you questions about something, you tell the truth. And if Flynn would have told the truth, he wouldn't have been in trouble. If Papadopoulos would have told the truth, he wouldn't have been gotten indicted. Now, Manafort and his business partner, they deserve what they get. They were clearly corrupt and shady businessmen who did corrupt and shady things. Should have never, ever, ever been in charge of the Trump campaign, in my opinion. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me get to your phone calls, and we'll go to Mark. Thanks for waiting. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Go ahead. Thank you, sir, for taking my call. First off, absolutely. Uh, I can tell you that I spent 23 years in the federal government uh, in the military, and if anybody, not just me, but anybody in the ranks would have done anything even close to what Aberdeen, Clinton, or Comey did, we would all would have lost everything we had and been court-martialed and out of the military. There is no doubt in my mind. Well, you, you, the president talked about the guy who took a picture on a submarine that wasn't even trying to uh, to to show secrets or, to, or, you know, you want to talk about a misunderstanding, and look at what happened to him. How does that well, guy go down, but Uma Aberdeen doesn't? Well, what about the Marine that was trying to save his fellow Marines and actually just gave him a heads up and sent it over his phone? He he went down. How does he go down trying to save lives? And those guys would would have died if he hadn't done it. But he went down for it. How does that happen? But Uma Aberdeen, Hillary Clinton, and James Comey can walk away from it. There is no way. It's a great point. It's a great point, and, and, and like you said, 
There's a lot of people that cannot answer that question. There's a lot of people that are sitting there, and and, and it is obviously a double standard. It, I mean, it's it's very clear that this is a double standard. That there is, and the president was right to bring it up. He was right to talk about this and to say, look, this is a problem. This is a problem that. That, that, that there is, that should have happened in a different way. Mark, great point, and I appreciate the phone call. Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you. Let me go to Donald. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Go ahead, Donald. Hey, Ben. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I was watching the other night, uh, the Don Lemon show. Like, it kind of turns my stomach, but it's kind of like watching a car crash. You just can't take your eyes off of it. But I admire, uh, the, the, uh, the counterpoints that you present, and I find myself disgusted with the lack of intellectual rebuttal that's going on on the other side because it clearly illustrates uh, two tiers of justice in the United States. Uh, I'm a lifelong Democrat. Uh, I did not vote for the top of the ticket, but I uh, voted for Obama in 08 and uh, 12, but I just cannot stomach what I see and without any type of intellectual response to simply try to silence your voice, I think is, is well, and, and the listen the look Bakari Bakari Sellers who was who was talking right before me went on this basically tangent about Donald Trump's shady and corrupt because people around him have been indicted and no one ever got indicted in the Obama administration. And all I was saying was this is exactly why Donald Trump won the elections because a lot of people believe that that Hillary Clinton and others were above the law. And I'll play it again for people that missed it because this is and, and listen, I was being calm when I said this. Listen to this. Because they thought that they could get information from the Russians. Gotta That's get, what, I got to get Ben in. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I, look, and I want to say this because I think that this is, you know, what, what Bakari just said there, I think sums up the election a year ago perfectly. There are a lot of people that feel like that there was special treatment that was given to people that worked for Barack Obama on things that they did that they would have been indicted for if they were Republicans. For example, when you clearly have top secret information on a laptop that you ser- you have on a server in the basement of your house, and then you send those top secret classified documents to people that aren't even cleared to see them, and then you forward them to your husband, who, by the way, is in jail by the name of Anthony Weiner. If that was ben, a Republican, what does that have to do with what we're they would have been indicted. Uh, let me ben, what are you talking about? The FBI already investigated that. There have been a million hearings on it. It's water under the bridge. No, 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 no. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. I mean, there it is. We'll be right back. I agree 110%. I thought that your best comment was when you uh, retorted that it simply did not fit the narrative. And and what I see is just a narrative that's constantly put out there, and they don't really even want to allow a voice to what is a widespread sentiment in the United States. And I find that, you know, and I have some civil libertarian leanings. My particular feeling is is that it that there is a double standard, and as an African-American, it insults me that Don takes the position that he 
speaks for us because he clearly does not. You know, and I only wish to have been a fly on the wall after you guys went to commercial break. Yeah, look, I, I was, I mean, I, I, I get used to it, if that makes sense. Um, I was frustrated. I think you can understand why. But my point was just because you don't like it, right, just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it's not true. And, and, and it goes back to what I said. This perfectly sums up. Why Donald Trump won the election? There were a lot of Americans that looked at Hillary Clinton and said, this woman is shady. This woman gets away with things she should never get away with. And there's a certain level of elitism and snarkiness, as if those who think anything other than, than Don's perspective are somehow you know, out to lunch or, or candidates for the loony bin. And I think they need to really recognize that there are a lot of us, including Democrats, who who hear that. And as an African American who's you know been subject, at least historically, to two tiered uh, a two tiered justice system, I don't see how I can sit back and and watch it unfold. And just because it might be you know in my favor, my political interests, or whatever the case may be, that it's okay. Yeah. I agree. I agree with you there, and I really appreciate the phone call. Thank you, sir. Good to talk to you. One eight one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. One eight seven seven three eight one thirty eight eleven. Let me go to um, Richard. Thanks for waiting in Colorado Springs. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. It's quite an honor. My question is: uh, Right before I retired a year ago. I uh, was involved with the uh, Department of Defense with a secret clearance. Once a year, you had to be have a refresher as to your responsibilities and requirements and also the implications if you didn't follow it, and then sign a sheet of paper saying you fully understood it. And that was once a year. And look, Hillary, there, there's no doubt that Hillary Clinton, there's no doubt that Hillary Clinton and Uba Abedin knew the rules. You don't get to that level in the government and not know those rules. It was known, but sign your name saying you're going to follow them. Right, and they and they deliberately didn't care. It, it was Why very clear that? they did not care, had no intention of following the rules. When they set up the server, it was not for convenience. It was because they wanted to make sure that the American people could not actually see what was going on. Freedom of Information Act, right. I understand. Yeah. I'm I, that, that she had to sign a paper that saying that she would follow it or you know, have the implications come to her. Yeah. And, and, and she knew it and she didn't care. But I also think that she realized I can get away with this. I, I can get away with this and I know I can get away with it and no one's going to be able to stop me because I'm Hillary Clinton and I'm going to be the president. And once I win, then this is going to, none of this stuff will even matter. And, and I think that's, I think that's honestly a, a large part of this is that there is people that thought, She's going to win in the government. We don't want to be on her bad side. I, I also think that's part of it as well. That, that you know, it, it, I don't want to be on her bad side. She's going to win. There's no way that Donald Trump's going to win. So I'm just going to shut up. I'm not going to talk about this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look the other way. I'm going to help her out so she'll help me out when she wins. I, and I think there are people that truly believe that. They believed I, if I take care of her. She's going to take care of me. Take care of her. She's going to help me out. 
Right. Thank you, sir. Hey, good evening, sir. Good to talk to you. One eight seven seven. 381-3811. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark. He will be back with you tomorrow. Really nice to be with you. And I want to get straight back in to uh, your reaction. They're saying it's old news. It's already been litigated. You can't talk about Uma Abedin. You can't talk about uh, the Clinton Foundation. You can't talk about the millions that came in to the Clinton Foundation when clearly the American government was being hoard out for access to the State Department, Hillary Clinton, and the White House. None of that you can talk about. All that you must be silent on. It's old news. It's already been investigated. All right. Is it old news to talk about Manafort then? I mean, he's been indicted. It's old news, right? Well, I mean, there's been nothing that's come up with collusion, right? Nothing has come up with collusion. Is that now old news? It's been a year of an investigation. Not one thing has pointed to collusion. Is it? Can we now just say that we're done with that? Because when I brought it up, man, oh, man, did I irritate Don Lemon. Thursday night, Democrat talking point was, well, Donald Trump is in trouble and collusion is there and people have been indicted and no one was ever, ever indicted. Nobody was indicted. In eight years of Barack Obama, well, that's because... It was insider. And that was my point that I made. And man, did I get shouted down for it. Listen to this. We know why it happened. It happened because they thought that they could get information from the Russians. I've got to get, what... get Ben in. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I, look, and I want to say this because I think that this is, you know, what, what Bakari just said there, I think sums up the election a year ago perfectly. There are a lot of people that feel like that there was special treatment that was given to people that worked for Barack Obama on things that they did that they would have been indicted for if they were Republicans. For example, when you clearly have top secret information on a laptop that you, ser you have on a server in the basement of your house, and then you send those top secret classified documents to people that aren't even cleared to see them, and then you forward them to your husband, who, by the way, is in jail by the name of Anthony Weiner. If that was a Republican, what are you talking about? The FBI already investigated that. There have been a million hearings on it. It's water under the bridge. No, 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 no. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. And that's how it works. We'll be right back. Can't talk about it. Can't defend it. So we'll just shut up about it. Let me go to Lee. Thanks for waiting. You are on the Mark Levin Show with Ben Ferguson. Go ahead. Hi, Ben. Thank you for having me on your program. Uh, for first thing, I'd like to comment on your story, what's going on on the radio tonight, to all your listeners out there. I'm a former ex-Army Ranger from 32 years ago, having served at the 1st Infantry Division. And uh, I could even tell, even back over 30 years ago, uh, the the things that are happening over in Iran, um and not just Iran, but even the peoples of North Korea, um, 
they're they're suffering mostly because of these regime dictator governments, uh, and you have to really feel for uh, some of these poor peasant people that they have to survive from day to day and within their own countries. And I say I give my hats off uh, to Donald Trump. He's the president that I voted for, and uh, I firmly believe that he wants to build up America. He doesn't want to tear it down. Of course, all your presidents in past history, uh, they've always had their critics. But uh, I think uh, it's rightful for a president, being the executive branch of our government, to support the uh, the people. They're crying out for uh, more freedoms, uh, especially over there in Iran. Well, and this that's and that's the thing about this America first mentality. The president is saying America is not going to play second fiddle. We're not going to be played by Pakistan. That's right. We're not going to be played um, by the Russians. We're not going to be played by North Korea. We're not going to do it. These things are not, we are not going to do it. And and you know what? We should be glad that we have a president that's finally willing to call these things out and to say we're not going to be played. We're not going to do this. We're not going to sit here and act like we're going to give money to Pakistan, millions of dollars, $250 million, $300 million, $400 million, billions over the last decade, and, 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 and they should actually think that they can get away with supporting terrorists. We're not going to allow that to happen. You have, you have to, you know, that's why I wish we had more leaders in today's Washington uh, like your leaders back in World War II. Yeah. I agree with you. I got, I'm, I'm literally out of time. Good to talk to you, sir. I will see you guys hopefully again soon. You can follow me Facebook and Twitter. Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter and Facebook. Love to keep up with you there. Mark Levin, coming back tomorrow night. It's always an honor to fill in for the great one. He'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you. Happy New Year's, folks.